0: easier for us and more we are so much more prone to recognize the flaws and the 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 miss uh, the the inconsistencies of others than we are in our own lives We are so quick to point out the flaws of others, the sins of others. It's easy for us to see something wrong in someone else's life, but rarely do we see it first in ours. And yet Isaiah, before he ever touches or reaches out and says, man, I'm amongst a people of unclean lips. He says, no, I'm the one with unclean lips. He sees himself first. Then he looks out after looking in. Boy, how powerful of a truth is that today? And it's always been a powerful truth. It goes on to say here, and he, it goes on to say in verse 6, Then flew one of the seraphims. Oh, excuse me. No, let's go back one verse to 5. Then said, I woe is me, for I am undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell amongst a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So I guess we could say, first he was looking up, then he was looking in, then he looked out. That's pretty good preaching. He first looked up, then he looked in, then he looked out. That's what we see here. Pretty simple, isn't it? Well, I should just make a message of that one right there. That's a good one. But notice he goes on in verse, uh, verse 6 to say, Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid, upon, laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Boy, that's a powerful truth. There there he is now. First of all, the Lord cleanses him. He gets washed from his sin. Then he hears the call. Then he goes out and he can help reach others. But he says, Here am I, send me. You know, like Isaiah, I got to believe, and I do believe this, I really do, that you and I are probably saying to the Lord, send me. So many of us are even out on Saturdays and you have a desire to reach your coworkers. I do believe that and, and, and I'm, I'm sure. And, and I got to believe that a number are saying, send me, send me. You know, we may be waiting for God to open the door to teach some prominent class in the church or be invited to lead some important ministry. We may be, you know, maybe we're just waiting on what nation or people group God's going to send us to. But most often, God has already put you in the place of duty. You're already there. You're praying, oh Lord, send me, send me. I'm willing to go. And you're going, well, I'm just waiting on you to give me some direction. I'm waiting on you to tell me what to do and where to go and who to minister to. And uh, you know what? Your place of duty, without a doubt already, is your job. And the many co-workers you come into contact with daily. Do you realize the workplace, for the most part, is the greatest mission field of all? It may not seem very glamorous to you or I, but truth be told, it's as needy a place as any foreign field today in, America, in, in the world. You go to most workplaces today, good luck finding believers. And yet we'll go out the door and we'll have an attitude before we even clock in at our workplace when all along the world's there waiting for a minister of the gospel to tell them how to be saved. And we're, at, we're, we're, so, we're, we're in tune with God. We've had our devotions and we've had our prayer time. And we're saying, oh God, oh God, use me, use me. I can't stand this job. Can't stand these people. And all along he's going, I've already called you and I've already sent you and your ministry's right there. You're already in the place of duty. But you think somehow it's got to be some, some like I got to hit you on the head with a baseball bat from heaven. I got to somehow lower the boom. You got to see stars or you got to see a, a, you know, a a triple rainbow in the sky. Oh, no, he says, you're already in the place of duty, your your workplace. And I'll tell you, I I believe this with all my heart. Uh, You know what? It's as needy a place as as any foreign field. So for most Christians, co-workers are the greatest exposure you'll have to the unsaved, unsaved people. Well, how important is it then what our attitude is at our job? Also, let me just say this. Your life may be the only true witness of the Lord Jesus Christ they ever see. You say, what should be my attitude toward my job? Well, your attitude ought to be, I may be the only true witness of the Lord Jesus Christ they'll ever see. Do you know the Bible says that you and I are the light, that we represent Jesus Christ. We're a light in darkness, That's what the Bible teaches in Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You're the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. He goes on to say, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I got to believe that every boss in in the world is saying, let me see your good works here. (laughs) You know? By the way, if you're not a good worker, you're not a good witness. Not only are you disappointing your Heavenly Father, but you're also wrecking souls. Thank you, preacher. We love you for that. You're welcome. You're a light representing Jesus Christ. You've got to be a light everywhere. Remember, you're full-time believers. Your life should reflect the Bible. My life should reflect the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2. Because of time, I'm just going to read the verses. But it says, Ye are, ye are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read of all men, the Apostle Paul says to the Corinthians. He says, You, Corinthians, are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read of all men. He says that in Corinthians 3, 2. Now here's the thought I want to give you with that, with that thought. Okay, Here it is. This is a powerful thought. Be defined as a Christian by what you do, not by what you don't do. Uh, Let me explain that, okay? And I'm going to say it one more time. Be defined as a Christian by what you do, not by what you don't do. Now, have you ever been passed over for a promotion? You know, where, where honestly, may, maybe you've been passed over two or three times, but be honest, it's frustrating to be passed over, especially if you somehow believe yourself to have worked hard and, and you have this mentality like we've been taught, if you work hard, you know, it'll always pay off in the end and it doesn't always work that way, does it? It really doesn't. Maybe you deserve the promotion. Maybe even some of your coworkers have, have have been quick to come to you and say, man, I can't believe they passed you up. You got ripped off, dude. You should have had that promotion. And some of them may even say things like, you know what? I'll tell you right now, if it was me, I wouldn't put up with that. I'd leave. I'd quit. Matt, my, my question is this how did you respond when you were passed over for your promotion? You can put a number of things in that place, but rather than getting sucked into the negativity, let me give you a piece of advice. Decide to focus on living according to the Word of God and the fruit of the Spirit. Make up your mind that there's something bigger than you at stake and that you're going to follow the Word of God and you're going to respond according to the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. How often have you been instructed? How often have you been admonished? How often have you been encouraged at the house of God to do those kind of things? Now it's time in our lives to choose to walk in the Spirit and not just simply talk about it then. See, those are the times that determine whether you're a hypocrite or not. That's when your true colors really come out, right? When something bad or you feel like you've been betrayed by a boss or by somebody in authority or you feel somehow that you've been gypped or that you've been been taken advantage of and all of a sudden now the true you comes out. You better be careful with that because there are people watching. It's time now to be the Christian you've been talking about or to be the Christian that you you've you claimed to be when you show up on Sunday morning and sing in the choir or teach a Sunday school class or sit in the pew. You know, it's time now to say, you know what? I'm going to live like the Christian I've been saying I am all along or I believe myself to be. You need to consider your testimony before your co-workers and make up your mind. I will not be a hypocrite in this moment. Amen. And that will pay off. People are going to notice your attitude being guided by the things of the fruit of the Spirit, like the love. They're going to see that you still have joy. That you can still have and, 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 and embrace peace in your life and have patience with others. They're going to see those qualities and those characteristics in your life, even after you've been so-called slighted. And after exhibiting a positive and a productive spirit in plain sight of your coworkers. You know what? It's interesting. You're going to likely have somebody come up to you and question as to how in the world you could keep such a positive attitude in spite of what they did to you. Now you're really making headway. Because those kind of questions can open doors to share your faith and hope. And your faith and hope ought to be Jesus Christ, not a promotion. Now again, we're talking about what our attitude should be, how we ought to respond to our workplace, and what our attitude toward our job ought to be. I'm going to tell you, this is where the rubber meets the road. Too often Christians are defined, watch this now. They're defined by what they don't do. Oh yeah, you know, you're the ones that don't drink. You don't smoke. You don't attend and drink at the holiday party. You're not the ones, you're those ones that they can't tell certain jokes around. See, we're defined too often by what we don't do. What we need to be defined by is is what we do do. We give Christianity a bad name sometimes because when the rubber meets the road, we act as bad or worse than the world. And then all they can see in us is that what they would call legalism we understand that's not a scriptural term except to be used in the light of salvation but the fact is is that they'll say you're all about rules you're all about regulations you 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 don't do this and you don't do this and you don't do this you don't do this you don't do that and the truth is they ought to be going you know what you do you got a great spirit in the midst of trouble you know what you do in the midst of hurt and heartache you're still on top side You know, even though somebody slighted you, took advantage of you, you still can entrust them to God and you're able to go forward with a sweet spirit. That's how we ought to be defined. By what we do, not what we don't do. So we should instead strive to be defined by the qualities and characteristics that bring strength and hope to others around us. See, our reputation should center around our Christ-likeness. Our Christ-like qualities and our Christ-like character, that's what our real true reputation and testimony ought to center around. Not just, oh, they don't believe in. Huh. Man, if that's all you're known for is what you don't do, my friend, you are not Christ-like necessarily in your attitude. I don't see that. It's not there. We, we ought to be known for what we do the spirit we have and the attitude we possess and the outlook that we've got and the actions that we do in the midst of trouble and trials and tribulation, boy, they ought to see a difference in us and they ought to say, wow, that's what a Christian is. What's on display in your life and attitude? What's on display in your life and attitude that would draw your coworkers to you? What would make them want to be close to you? Because those are the things that will give you an opportunity to testify on God's behalf. Those are the qualities and characteristics that will stand out and draw people to you. Just the thou shalt nots, the world's going to be pushing from that. They're going to be drawing away. They're not impressed by the fact that we just don't drink or smoke or chew or run with the people that do and all that stuff. That's not impressing anyone. What will impress them is that your qualities and characteristics that are Christ-like. Now, I'm not saying ditch all of that. You need some standards in your life. You need convictions and all. I get that. You ought to have them, and if you don't, you need them. Because if you go out there at the, 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 the party over here, the, the, the uh, um, employee party, and you're out there drinking and carrying on and acting like the world, then you have no testimony or platform to speak either. But the point being is that should not be how you're defined. And then let me close with this, because it's, I want to get, get this done. But you will, have as much, you will have a much greater influence on those you spend the most time with. And although total strangers are, of course, opportunities, those who can see a consistent testimony of Christian life are much easier to influence and win. You're going to have a much better chance of leading a coworker to Christ than you do just someone at the door. And you know what? You know what? The devil sold you a lie and sold me a lie. And he said, you can't lead anybody to work. You're not even allowed to talk about Jesus. You can't ever talk about the Lord. You can't do this. You can't do that. Nobody in your workplace wants to hear it. And the truth is, is that you're just going to push everybody away from you. And so what do we do? We shut our mouths at work. And most people don't even know we exist as a Christian. Most people, if they, they caught you in a Christian bookstore or in our bookstore, <laughs> they'd go, what are you doing here? I didn't know you was a Christian. And you'd go, I didn't know you was either. Sad, that'd be sad, wouldn't it? But that's a lot of times where we're at in our Christian walk. And boy, I'll tell you what, in the, in the, in the workplace, that's a tremendous place to be a witness and a testimony. So how are you doing with that? I mean, what kind of testimony are you? And I don't care whether or not you're actually going to a location or whether you're some lady that has some kind of in-home business and you got folks coming over to your house and dropping things off and picking stuff up. Man, what's your attitude? What's your spirit? Man, you're, you're on the job 24-7. You know, we can be quick to excuse our shortcomings, blaming them on our, blaming them on our environment and those around us. Now, we can never forget we're 24-7 as believers and our testimony and eventually our influence in the lives of our coworkers, mind you, will be gained or lost based on how we respond to every situation. Whether it's being overlooked for a promotion or whether it's getting the promotion. Either way, they're watching. Now, let me ask you a question as we close this. I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Here they are. As a believer, and, and again, it's important. I tell you, a lot, of, a lot of Christians, and probably more than I'd like to believe even, when they walk out the doors of the church, they leave Christ behind. And they walk into the workplace. And it's like, well, now I'm in the world. I've got to live like the world. Because if I'm going to have the, the influence, if I'm going to have an influence in the lives of these workers, if I'm going to be able to tell them what to do and they're going to do what I say, then I've got to talk to them a certain way and they've gotta, they, I've got to act a certain way and I've got to be a certain way. It's like telling me that as a football coach you have to cuss. I think you can be a football coach and not cuss. I really do. I don't think you have to use God's name in vain just to somehow win football games. But yet there are Christians that walk onto a football field probably at certain levels and say, well, if you don't talk to them that way, they really won't listen because they won't think you're serious. I've had people tell me, well, I work on the job site. You don't understand. I have to talk like this or I don't get the respect of my men and women. Oh, really? Let me tell you, as a Christian, let me ask you a question then. If your attitude or your actions are not in alignment with Christ-likeness, in the word of God as you go to the workplace, which is your true mission field. As a believer, do we ever have the right to act out in a way that would send a co-worker to hell? Of course not's the answer. Let, let, me, let me say it another way. If, even if wronged at work by a co-worker or boss, Would we ever believe our our outburst or fleshly display to be acceptable as we witness a co-worker being cast into hell as a result? Because there's going to be a day at the the great white throne judgment when people without Christ will be cast in. And may I say today, I'd hate to think that the way I acted and the things I said and the stuff I did at the workplace caused somebody else to say Christianity is not as real as it ought to be. Or they never even knew I was a Christian because I acted like a heathen. And then the one day because I responded because the boss didn't give me the promotion I'm like you're a jerk man and I'm telling all my buddies he's an idiot he don't even know what a good thing he's got I can't even believe that guy Are you serious about this I've worked here longer than everybody else and I got passed over again And somebody goes wow I knew these Christians are a bunch of hypocrites, supposed to love people, show respect to authority. They're a bunch of hypocrites. Dies and goes to hell. And one day you're standing there at the great white throne and you're watching Jesus Christ cast people into hell. And you go, well, I had every right to act like I did when I got passed over for promotion. I had every right as he's being headlong cast into the lake of fire and screaming headlong into the lake. You really believe you're going to think that at that point? I don't think so, but let me tell you, you need to think about eternity now. Every time you leave your house and you walk into that place of employment, you need to think this is a mission field. And they may or may not go to heaven or hell based on how I live, how I act, my attitude, my outlook. I will not jeopardize their soul because of my pride. That ought to be our attitude toward our job toward those there because truly we are on display 24 7 we ought to be a tremendous witness and if anybody knows you are one you for sure are being watched like a hawk may god help us to have the right spirit and the right attitude in the workplace father we come to you we thank you lord for